Welcome to the Dr. Gabrielle Lyon Show, where I believe a healthy world is based on transparent conversations. I always find it fascinating to understand where people come from. And in this interview, I have the opportunity and the pleasure to sit down with Pauline Adeleke. Pauline is the mother of former Navy SEAL Remy Adeleke, who I recently interviewed. He is an exceptional human. And I'm always interested, where do exceptional humans come from? Make no mistake, it is very clear when you hear this interview what this amazing woman, Pauline, has been through, has overcome. She is a youthful 70-year-old woman who is pioneering and paving the way for fitness of all ages and just incredibly inspiring. She has an ageless fitness lifestyle channel on YouTube. And funny thing, I actually found her first before I put two and two together that she was Remy's mom. We sit down, we talk about what it means to be a parent, how fitness can be the saving grace for an individual's life, and what it means to be the best version of yourself. I hope you enjoy this interview as much as I did with my friend Pauline Adeleke. I'd like to thank one of the sponsors of the show, and now I've been using Trident Coffee, if you follow me at all on Instagram, for a very long time. This is veteran-owned Trident Coffee. They have two tap rooms located in San Diego. They offer 14 different kinds of cold brew on tap, including dairy-free options. I absolutely love their lattes, their straight cold brew, all available in a can. You can go to tridentcoffee.com slash Dr. Lion for, believe it or not, 20% off. I deeply, deeply encourage you to try this. They even have in their latte MCT oil. Really amazing. Um, I wish I could tell you my favorite flavor, but it just seems to switch every time I get a new one, like most recently, lavender. Trident Coffee is also available at Sprouts, Central Market, and hundreds of other grocery store locations throughout the United States. In fact, I first found them at Bonnie's on, on Coronado. And I will tell you, they also make keto donuts, churro keto donuts. So if you're listening and you want to send me some churro keto donuts, I would love it. Trident Coffee, that's spelled exactly how it sounds, tridentcoffee.com slash Dr. Lion for 20% off. You will love it. Pauline is absolutely a unicorn, inspiring, ageless. This woman is ageless. I think that we can all look to aspire to that. And one way that you can do that is through one of the sponsors of a show, and that's Inside Tracker. Go to insidetracker.com slash Dr. Lion for 20% off. This was created by scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics. You should track, you should know, you should find out where you can improve. You can even add Inner Age 2.0 to any plan for a calculation of your true biological age. So if you are on the more mature end of the spectrum, consider doing this. I think it's a great tool. Again, insidetracker.com slash Dr. Lyon for 20% off. Pauline. Yes. <laughs> 
Pauline Adeleke. Adeleke in the house. It is my privilege oh. to be able to sit here for you and sit here. I am so privileged to get to be here with you. The privilege and the honor is all mine. And that is not flattery. It's a fact. You are an incredible, incredible woman. And there's two parts to this conversation that I really want to have. Okay. Number one, you're incredibly fit. Yeah. And I know you're only 40. God bless you. <laughs> seven zero, seven zero in 18 days. That is inspiring and amazing. Thank you. And incredibly unusual, which you know. Yeah, I know it's unusual, but you know, everybody has a mission in life. And my mission in life is to not let this be unusual, 70 years old. You know, being fit and healthy and eating the right way. Yeah. If I can just touch one, two, three, four people when they're in their 30s or their 40s yeah. to take care of themselves, that's all you got to do. That's a lot of conviction. And you have a heart of steel and a heart of gold. Not only are you incredibly fit, but you also have incredible children. Oh, yes, I do. Oh, yes, I do. I agree with you on that one. <laughs> and you're, you have two sons. Two sons. And one son is Remy. Remy. And the other son is... His name is Matthew, but we call him Bio. That's his Bio. Yoruba name. Okay. Mm -hmm. And Bio is an electrical engineer. Incredible. And he used to work for Saudi Aramco, mm -hmm. the largest company in the world, as an electrical engineer. So now he's with the Department of Energy. Okay. And he's working there as an electrical engineer as well. So I'm just so proud, Dr. G. Yeah. I'm so proud. And I just happened to find you. So I, this is a, a little bit of a funny story. Mm -hmm. I messaged Remy, mm -hmm. Remy Adeleke, mm -hmm. who wrote the book Transformed. Right. He's a SEAL, right. now turned actor screenwriter. Right, right, right. Um, and his wife is also a physician. Yes. And he is a father of four. Four precious grandbabies in, I have. Yes, incredible, incredible story, which you have, and you play an integral role. Right. You are the foundation of the story, which we're going to unpack. Right. And um, I know you, I have followed you, and I just happened to, I hadn't put two and two together, so I actually had been following you separately. Wow. Your fitness, you did a YouTube with Central Park Joe, yes. and you guys were there being... Super fit and yes, 70 years old. Yes, Scott Bernhardt. Yes. 70 years old yes. doing fitness in the park. Calisthenics. <laughs> Calisthenics. We love it. It, it's, it was amazing. So I had been following you. I messaged Remy. I said, Remy, hey, I'm in town. And he's like, hey, my mom's in town too. Do you want to interview her? Right, right. And it turns out that I had already messaged you because I wanted to interview you yes. about your ageless Fitness. fitness lifestyle incredible yes. and before we get to that mm -hmm. i would love for you to share a little bit about your story who you are what makes you the woman that you are 
Okay. Uh, Just easy questions. <laughs> easy questions, but the first, first answer that comes to mind is my faith hmm. and my God, and he has been with me every step of the way. You know, when I didn't even know how I was going to put one foot in front of the other, he would always say to me, Pauline, just keep on going. And I would be crying, shut up, Pauline, and just trust me and keep on going. Never in a million years mm. could I imagine that I would have such successful children. I knew they were always gifted, but, you know, it's, I give him all the credit. And when you say keep on going, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. It and wasn't I know easy. your story. Yes. But... We're going to share it with the listener, and it is mind-blowing. Forty-some years ago, were women, in terms of women in the workplace, the majority of women, were they... In the workplace. They, they were in the workplace, and again, or they weren't? Or were they um, more American harmony? women were in the workplace. Okay. All right. And I had the best job in my life. Right. And I was getting ready to fly to Hong Kong. You know, very in three days. Very, very independent. Very independent. Didn't have any children. No prior. children. How did that go? And then what happened? And then again, that energy that I was telling you wow. about. At that point, did you feel as if it was destiny, if it was fate, as if there was something else working? Or it, you were just going with this I was this just experience. going with the magic carpet ride that I was on. Okay. And what a carpet ride it was mm. on. Because we met in October. I was engaged three days after we met, mm. or two days. I can't even remember that. And then November, he was only in New York for like maybe a week after that. And then he says, well, I'm coming back in November. And hopefully you will have resigned from your job. And then I'm going to take you to Nigeria. And then he did. And then he did. We got married in New York. Wow. And then we went off to Nigeria. How long were you in Nigeria? I was in Nigeria. Oh, wait, and also, when you got to Nigeria, did you know what to expect? Hadn't a clue. And your family, had you come from a working class family? Working class, loving family, the only child. My mother and my father adored me. Okay. I was their only child. My mother was visiting her sister in North Carolina. And my father, my father was visiting a friend in Florida. So I was in New York by my, I had the day, I had the week off. I was in New York by my, you know, by myself. And as a matter of fact, I had my own apartment and everything. And did you call them and say, hey, um... And I called my mother in tears, okay. happy tears. I mean, because John was just throwing all of this stuff at me. Mm. And I called my mother up in happy tears. Mommy, you're not going to believe this. What is it? You're not going to believe it, Bobby. I'm engaged. What? <laughs> We've just been gone for a week. For real? You yeah. didn't even have a boyfriend when I left New York. What are you talking about? You're engaged. I say you moved fast. Mommy, I found this man, and he's such a wonderful man, and boom, 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 boom. And my parents are... I am the product of my parents. They taught me how to raise my children. Mm. They always gave me rope. Well, Pauline, if this is what you want, if you're sure this is mm. what you want, 
They didn't try to take, talk me out of it. If that's what you want, then that's what we want for you. And when they met John, John bestowed the same energy on them that he bestowed upon me. This is a highly charismatic. Oh, capable. yes. Was he older than you? Yes. How much? How many 19 years? 19 years older than I 19. Was. He was ready. He was ready to settle down. He knew exactly what he wanted. Right. You moved to Nigeria. You moved into a, a, I mean, he was almost, I don't want to say he was a prince, but you moved into a place where you had servants. Oh, yes. Incredibly wealthy. Incredibly wealthy. I mean, this man would make Elon Musk look like middle class. <laughs> and you, you ultimately, he had his own island? Yes. I mean, this guy's a real underachiever. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was working on a huge project. As a matter of fact, if you've ever been to Dubai and you've seen the islands, they took that concept from my husband because he had all of those plans because he wanted to make Nigeria a force to be reckoned with. He loved his country. He loved his country. How long were you guys married? We were married uh, seven years. Seven years. Seven years. How long after you moved to Nigeria, how long after you got pregnant? The next year. The next year. Mm -hmm. You got pregnant. So you waited a whole year to get pregnant, kind of, or you had a baby in a year? I had a baby in a year. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and your first child is Remy or? Matthew. Matthew. The electrical engineer. The electrical engineer who probably... Got that from his dad. From his dad. Right. And Remy, I'm just taking a, a stab at this, really takes after you. Everybody says that. I guess that's why Remy and I are like this all the time. <laughs> well, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Sure that that's going to be like with my kids. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Matthew was born. Everything was okay. Or were there troubles starting, not with you guys, but with... Um, Night, the, was it the Nigerian the government? The Nigerian government. Yeah. And the funny thing about it, and I'm going to backtrack a little bit, uh, when I finally consented to marry Bayo and whatnot, you'll hear me call him Bayo. John, John is his Christian name. Bayo is his Yoruba name. So when we started talking about Nigerian politics, he would say to me, he would say, you know, it's really funny about Africa. He said, one day you can have a home and the next day, the government can knock on their, your door and say it's theirs. Mm. One day you can have land, and the next day they could claim it as their own. And that's exactly what they did to Bio. And I couldn't believe it. I couldn't fit. You know, being an American, how can somebody right. knock on your door and say it's theirs? And he had built this incredible wealth. He had built incredible wealth. And hopefully he was smart with it and didn't keep it all... In his country, maybe. He, he, he kept it all in his country because, because he, he said loved it. he loved it. He said uh, a person has to develop and establish themselves in their own country before they can step out to another country. Were you pregnant at the time with Remy? Or had yes, Remy I was pregnant with Remy. They knocked on the door and said, this is all ours. The government had stolen, had taken. Yeah. Property from bio before. Okay. 
So this is why he had educated me on this. So he said, the government took property before me before, and I sued the government. And in suing the government, the government said, okay, whatever you want, you can have. And so Bio said, I'll take the lagoon. So the government said, ah, that fool wants water. All he wants is water. Give him the lagoon. Okay. But Bio hired engineers from really Amsterdam. Smart. Really smart. To pump sand and make land on the lagoon. He, that's brilliant. So when the government saw this land being developed on the lagoon. Really brilliant. I mean, acres and hundreds of thousands of acres of land. The government said, uh-uh, this it. is too much for one man. Okay. One man cannot have all of this. They took it. And then Bio had to go back to court again. Something happened where you guys lost everything. Yes. Yes. And that's how you ultimately, is it, is it true you lost, your husband lost the finances and came back? To America. Yes, because uh, Bio was going all around the world. He wanted to develop this project so Nigeria could be like an America. So I would go with him and he would be hiring the top engineers around the world. I met with Yamasaki, who designed the World Trade Center in New York. I met with, uh, I forget the gentleman's name, the architect who designed Peachtree Street, all of the hotels and everything. So we were meeting with the best architects all around the world so Bayou could develop this land. What happened to him? What happened to Bayou? Yeah. Well, um, in my opinion, the government killed him. That's my opinion. And uh, because we were celebrating our, I'm, I'm just going randomly, but we were celebrating our seventh wedding anniversary. And the, the wedding anniversary was uh, business and fun. So we were in Detroit meeting with architects. Then we were in San Francisco. Then we celebrated in Hawaii. And then we came back to New York. And I would close up the apartment in New York with the children and get ready to hop on a plane going back to Nigeria. Very jet setting. Yeah, very jet setting lifestyle. Jet setting lifestyle, a lot of privilege. Lots of privilege. And you know, one of the things that really strikes me about you. What's that? I mean, there are many, but up until this point, there wasn't a ton of discourse, and you didn't. You came from a very loving family. Loving. It wasn't as if. You had had to leverage your own internal strength yet. True. And what's so fascinating is the human spirit that you display as people will learn about you is incredible. You have surfed tragedy elegantly and gracefully and had not, you know, you hear stories about people that have gone through so much growing up and then they are strong. 
But you had gone through a beautiful life. Beautiful. And all of a sudden, the rug was pulled from under my feet. But not just a little bit. It was the equivalent to the beauty of the life that you had lived. The devastation of, you know, you were, you were jet setting and I, I'm sure people want to hear what happened and he somehow got rabies. Yes. Something um, like that. And yes. was given the wrong medication. Yes. And then he... And he was tired. He was because he, this project was his life. Yeah. He had poured everything into this project and in pouring everything into this project, this took him to Germany. This took him to Amsterdam. He was meeting with the best mm. of the best in the world yeah. because that's what he wanted for Nigeria. Mm. And I had pleaded with Bayo, I said, Bayo, please, could we just park some money into the United States of America? Let's just park some money there. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. We, I am working on this. I'm establishing this in Nigeria. And this is, and I promise you, Pauline, mm. any townhouse you want, any mansion that you want, after, after this dream comes true, you can have it. What happened? He came back, uh, you know, again, I closed up the apartment in New York. Yeah. No, I, I was getting ready. And by the way, I know these are not easy questions I'm asking you. Thank you. And the reason I'm asking is because you have so much to share. Oh, man. You have, people will be inspired, mm. not just by your fitness, but by who you are. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate and, that. You know, we hear from Remy, but you are the underbelly. And that's what I'm trying to get at. Okay. And by the way, mm -hmm. this is your first podcast. Yes, it is. It's my very first and podcast. And I am asking you really hard questions because I know you can handle them. And not only that, I know what you have to share and how inspiring you are because I read your story. And I read your story in three days. Really? I am a mother of two children who, and run a full practice. And I read that story and was so profoundly affected by how you navigated the tragedies of being in love, having a husband, all of a sudden the husband dies. You have no money. No money. You have two little children. Two little children. And you had spent the last, you gave up your career, spent the last seven years with this man so believing in his vision. Yes. And you end up back in the Bronx. I end up back in the Bronx. Wait, not just the Bronx. <laughs> you are talking about drug-ridden, poverty-ridden No, area. let me go back a little bit. Okay. Uh, the area that we lived in was not, no, it was, it was a lovely area. You know, the Bronx, Bronx, the Bronx has a reputation, but the area that we okay. lived in, we lived in a gated community. So the kids found trouble themselves. Yes. Or maybe not both children. I don't know if Matthew found trouble. Matthew but... was complete opposite of Remy. <laughs> Remy, you're in big trouble. <laughs> Yeah, it was a it was a gated community. Yeah. And when you come to New York, you are invited to lunch. So you can see where we lived. 
Okay. We lived in a gated community. So Remy dealt with his, <clears throat> and I'm going to ask him, mm -hmm. dealt with his experience differently. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Because Remy was looking for a father. Remy was looking for a male image. Yeah. How did you manage two children in the Bronx? What, I mean. Well, first, I, God bless my mother and my father, but God bless my mother because she instilled in me at an early she living age. at the time? Yes. Okay. The importance of getting an education. So I had my education. I had my BA in history. I had my MA in African-American studies, but I didn't want to teach as soon as I finished with graduate work. And then one day I just happened to see this advertisement in the paper, flight attendants for hire. Mm, that sounds very much a good. free spirit. Always, always a free spirit. That sounds very interesting. So I go to the interview and I enter and when, and I was living in Atlanta at the time. So when I go to the interview, the lobby is full with people. I mean, it's jam packed. And I'm saying to myself, and I had a beautiful poodle, Fifi. So I told Fifi, I said, Fifi, just wait in the car for me. And I'll, you know, when this interview is over, packed with people. So when I go into the lobby and I'm seeing all of these people, I'm saying, oh, it's no way. Mm -mm. It's no way I'm going to get this job. And this was in 78 in Atlanta, Georgia. And we know Atlanta was very, very racist at the time, even though we had a black mayor. Mm. So uh, all of these candidates were white and they were, everybody was vying for this position. So I said, it's no way I'm getting this position. And I walked back to my car. And then Holy Spirit says to me, go back in the lobby. And I said, Father, you saw all those people. In go back in the lobby. And this was all before? Before. Before bio. Before bio. Okay. Holy Spirit, go back in the lobby. So I, okay, all right. I'm not going to argue with you, Holy Spirit. I want. So I go into the lobby. As soon as I go into the lobby, a young lady comes up to me and gives me an application. Hmm. And she says, oh, just fill it out and bring it back to me when you're finished. It seems like there was a series of unusual events yes. that led you to a particular intersection in your life. Yes. And so I fill out this application, yeah. Dr. G. And after filling it out, I hand her back the application. Hmm. And I'm thinking that she's going to say, okay, sit down. But she doesn't say sit down. She said, oh, let's go over this application together. So we go over the application together. Oh, I see you're originally from New York. Yes, I am. Would you have any problem relocating back to New York? Oh, no, I wouldn't have any problem at all. So she's just mm. asking me questions. Unbeknownst to me, she's interviewing me. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know that. Got it. Got it. So then her final question again is, Again, Pauline, you wouldn't have any problem going back to New York? No, I wouldn't. Uh, Pauline, well, how long would it take you to pack up your things? Because So she you hired you on the spot. Hired me on the spot. You got the job. What? When, the kid, when you moved back to New York, did you, you ended up 
working again. That's how I got the job as a flight attendant. You never went back to work as a flight attendant, did no, you? No, I didn't. Best job I ever had, though. What happened when you guys moved back to New York? What did you do for work? Or were you able to work? Because I had the to. kids. I had you to. You had to. I had to. You know, I just started doing temp work. Then I realized that I had my education. And then I got into the educational system with the boy. Oh, no, but before that, because my first love was art. Hmm. I would, I, art history, I, I worked at the Metropolitan Museum of Art for a minute, and then I worked at the um, Harlem Museum, Studio Museum of Harlem. I worked at different museums, mm. but that wasn't paying the bills. Right. And were you, you're really into physical fitness. Were you into physical fitness at that time too? I've always been active, mm. but my, my goal at that time was to feed my children. So I, physical fitness was pushed to the side. Pushed to the side. But because of the nerves and the stress that I was working under, I guess that kept me fit. How did you rise to that occasion? I mean, how did you... People want to know when hard times hit, what do did, what did they do? Physical fitness, well, my God, number one, but physical fitness was my saving grace. It was. It was my saving grace. Because when I did not know what to do, I had 17 flights of steps in my building and I would get the children well, before getting, waking the children up to go to school. Mm. I would get up at five o'clock in the morning and I would run up and down the steps five times. And during that, you know, I would be praying. I would be talking to God. God would be talking to me. Why, why do you think this happened? You know, you're that, do you feel that God put, that in your life? Have you thought about that? You know, my, my ride has been such an easy, sweet ride yeah. all my life. I had wonderful parents, yeah. loving parents, beautiful grandmother. One supplement that I think is incredibly important for anyone who is number one, aging, number two, female, or number three, literally anybody, that is creatine. And I chose creatine as a key target supplement for this episode to thank one of the sponsors in that first form because I think it's really valuable and something that I, you know, I believe Pauline should be taking. And you can go to first form, that's one S T P H O R M dot com slash Dr. Lion to grab your creatine. I think it is amazing, and I really do think that anyone who is uh, on the more mature end in general should be utilizing it. And those that are eating a lower red meat diet or individuals who are not eating a ton of protein, creatine is, is really the way to go. So again, that's firstform.com slash Dr. Lion, and there are, there is free shipping, free U.S. shipping. Knock yourself out. Yeah. I mean, when I graduated from from um, college, yeah. before graduating from college, my parents bought me a car. I had a Camaro, <laughs> you know, I was, it was just wonderful. Do you feel that it was almost as if it had been too easy and he wanted to teach you these, I mean. I don't, I wouldn't say. And the reason I ask is because we always think when something so significant happens, we think, why does it mean, and listen, maybe there's a no reason why, but do you ever think about 
I think I thought about why. And the answer that came to immediately to my mind was God saying, I wanted to show you how strong you were. Um, which you are. And at that time I was saying, Father, come on now. What kind of test is this? Mm. You got something in you, Pauline, that you haven't tapped into yet. When your husband passed away, did you ever challenge your relationship with, did it ever challenge Never. Your, okay. Never. Uh -uh. No, we've always been, you know, together, God and I. Mm. That's the influence of my grandmother and yeah, my mother and my before. father. Right. And when did it, when did things become a little bit smoother for you? You know, as, as you were really, it seemed It as was if rough, Dr. G. God knows it was rough. Mm. It was rough. You know, even when 9-11 went down, and Remy come, I didn't know how lost Remy was because my mother, I was a sandwich generation. I was, my mother was starting with Alzheimer's and dementia mm. and she lived on by herself mm -hmm. and she was doing strange things. I had left the board of education when the boys were like 11 and 12 because I'm living in the Bronx and I'm saying to myself, Oh, I have to be home when they come home. I have to know their friends. I got to know who they're hanging out with. So I got to be home. Mm -hmm. And I started my own business. I started a little wow. writing company. Amazing. Yeah, so I would do resumes and cover letters. Wow. And then I branched out to mm -hmm. ghost writing. Okay. Right? So that was my, my means of making it. So I was sandwiched. So it was mommy with Alzheimer's. Me marketing my business, running my business, and making sure that the children were okay. And you felt like they, and how old were they at this time? Uh, when I left the Board of Education, I think they were like 9 and 10, or 10 and 11, and something like that. then people played outside, and you're thinking, okay, they've got their head about them, right? And I had to know, just like just I, my parents were the right. master teachers, I had to know who their friends were. And were they? Their friends were good friends. What happened? Time out. Their okay. friends were good friends. I had to go to their parents' house before they would go to anybody's house. No, you, you're not hanging out. We are out. doing the same thing. Right. You're my not, children are watching. For real. You're not going you to Ricky's house. And I don't know who Ricky's mother and Ricky's fathers are. Yeah. are. No, 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 yeah. no. That's not going to work. So I was the helicopter parent. <laughs> but then, especially Remy, you know, he got into junior high school and he got into high school. And I didn't have the reins on him that I had when he was younger. You know, and he started listening to music and rap music. And I, and I saw some of these rap. One time I went in the room and I saw these rap discs. I said, what is this madness in my house? And well, I so made you, you were strict. Oh, yeah, I was strict. And I bet you he didn't want to disappoint you. No, he didn't. Because I had to be the mother and the father. So I was very strict. And you didn't have any idea what he was getting into. I had no idea. Again, I was 
taking care of my mother. I was trying to That's take really care of my tough. mother. By the way, a mother, I, I did my fellowship in geriatrics. Um, and a mother with Alzheimer's, number one, you never expect your, your parents to fail in that way. And number two, Alzheimer's is a disease of the brain. So they're, they're and, not the same. Anymore. And mommy had diabetes. So it was a whole. And mommy was right. very, very strong. Yeah. So I didn't even recognize the side, the signs of Alzheimer's. That's very, tough. That's very tough. And was there a point in, I mean, was there a point where you had this aha moment where you thought, oh my gosh, this is my kid, my, well, my one child's really in trouble. Was there Remy? A, yeah. It sounds like Matthew. Matthew was an angel. Was an angel. I could tell Matthew, sit down and read the book. He would sit down and read the book. Do you think they're born like that? You think when you think about nature versus nurture, they are, I am telling you, at least what I see from my two kids, one is a firecracker and the other one is very musical and chill. One takes after Shane and one takes after me. Right, right. Do you think that? Yeah, because you. But you again, nurture them both the same. I nurtured them both the same, and again, I was a teacher in the New York City school system, and I saw how broken this the, the the system was. You weren't surprised when all this happened. When all what happened? When Remy kind of got into trouble, or you were. I didn't know how crazy Remy was <laughs> until I he, I read his book. Really? I didn't know how crazy he was. I mean, you are big. Big trouble. I knew he was crazy, okay. but I didn't know he was that crazy. Okay. You know, with the dealer coming to the house and whatnot. Yeah, you didn't know any of that. I didn't know any. I didn't it know. It probably any. took a lot for him to put in the book because he probably did not want you to know. Right that. again, because I'm dealing with my mother. It's a lot. And and prior to that, being a teacher and knowing how broken the board of board of education yeah. is. I was homeschooling my children when they came home from school. It was mandatory that you had to read the New York Times. It was mandatory that you had to write an essay about three articles that you read. And if you did not understand the word, if you couldn't understand the word, if you couldn't put the, the word in a complete sentence, you had to look it up. And people wonder where greatness comes from. You, my friend. Oh, Dr. G. You, my friend, are what makes greatness. Oh, that's so sweet of you. I'm not that sweet. I'm definitely not that sweet. But I am most genuinely telling you how incredible. And you don't think about this. No, you don't. So you were, I mean, you, you lived a fairy tale life. In the beginning. The... <laughs> carpet, whatever you want to say, right. pulled out from under you. Oh, yes. And, um, you know. It was just one punch after the is other. Is there a time where there was a bit of a break? Where, what, I mean, I yeah. know now. Well, let me tell you, uh, when my husband passed away, I mean, I was like in shock. So I called up a cousin of mine, a first cousin of mine. Is that, is it, what's her name? No, no, okay. a first cousin okay. of mine. And my first cousin was a lawyer in New Rochelle. Okay. Which is a long outside time. of New York. Yeah, like kind of Great Neck area, is mm, it? No? Maybe about 20, 30 minutes away from the city. Okay. So, so I called on my cousin. I said, you know, so and so, you know, I just found out that Bayou was 
has died. I don't have any money. And the children, you know, I was getting ready to put the children in private school and I don't have any money. And, you know, I don't know what to do. Could you just lend me a couple of hundred dollars until I, until I can figure out what to do? So my cousin says to me, okay, I'll give you a call back. Let me give you a call back in 15 minutes. I'm thinking that he's going through his checking book. That would make sense. To see what he can do. Right. The next 10 minutes, I get a call, and it's from his wife. Who do you think you are calling my husband up, asking my husband for some money? If you want some money, you got to go through me. We are a team. Okay. I had just found out that Bio passed away, and boom, that was the final punch. I dropped the phone and fell on the bed. I think I fainted. I couldn't believe that nobody can do you like family. I couldn't believe that my blood was doing this yeah. to me. How did you recover from all this? Oh, that's a good question. My children, I had to look. I was all that they had. I had no other choice. I had to recover. Ha have you always been so positive? I mean, you had to have been, right? Yeah, I had to be. I had to be. Those two little boys. Which, by the way, you guys are grounded. It's okay if you're in your almost 40s. I had to take care of them. Yeah. They had no choice. I had no choice. My parents were old. Yeah. You know, they were my responsibility. That's incredible human spirit. I mean, both children turned out incredibly well to make incredible contributions yes. to the world. Yes. And you, look at you, you did not obviously fall apart. You have stayed in I could into, not afford to have a nervous breakdown. But also you have kept your fitness. You know, a lot of what's so important to me is how we age mm -hmm. and how, you know, women, men age. Yeah. And you are going to be 70 by the time this comes out. Yeah. And you're into fitness, which is actually how I found you, not even through Remy. Okay. And that fortitude translated to physical fortitude. But you know what it is? You have to get a grip on your mind. This is the most important software, hardware. That's, it's running the whole program. So, you know, I... You, Many times I wanted to sit and have a, a pity party, but mind, spirit, you got to get up, girl. You got to get up. You got to feed those children. It's on you. I could not afford to have a nervous breakdown. Mm -mm. No. Amazing. And you didn't. And look at you now. And you also didn't fall apart. You are looking amazing. Oh, thank you. I want to know when things lightened up for you and when you really were able to turn your attention to training and physical fitness and... Physical fitness training was always my saving grace. Case in point, Remy tells me like a couple of months after 9-11, Mommy, I want to join the Navy. Huh? You want to do what? You can't even swim. What are you talking about? You want to join the Navy. Yeah, yeah. Get out of my room. Case closed. I don't want to hear anymore. Get out.
That worked out well. That worked out very well. God is so good. All you got to do, mommy, there's nothing for me in the Bronx. I didn't know about the tickets. I didn't know about his issues that he was going through. Probably better, right? For real. And I would have probably really had a nervous (laughs) breakdown. Probably better. For real. For real. For real. Mommy, it's nothing for me here. Let me go, mommy. Let me go. So that day that I finally consented to give him his birth certificate Mm. so he could go into the Navy, I'll never forget it. You know, he hugged me and he kissed me. Look at all the good work he's done. And you've done. I said, you better come back here alive for me. I can't afford to lose you, Remy. I've been through so much already. Don't do this to me, Remy, please. I promise you, Mommy, I'll be okay. I promise you. So I gave him his birth certificate. He ran down the steps and then ran to the recruitment. And I looked out the window and I said, And instead of uh, going crazy, I just put on my sneakers and ran up the steps again. I mean, fitness has always been my saving grace. I had to run. And after I ran up the steps five times, I got on my knees and I just started scrubbing the floor. And then after I got my head together, then I went and dealt with my mother. Incredible. You are who everybody wants on their team. Oh. It's pretty profound. Yeah, it was, it was very, very deep. And now, thankfully. Now, thankfully, both boys are so successful. You know, Bio just had a write-up uh, uh, review, his, I think a six-month review yeah. with the Department of Energy. Is and, he, he's older. He's about a year. Yeah, he's a year, he's older. A year older. Right, right. And, I mean, it was just raving. His supervisor was just raving over his writing skills, his technical skills and whatnot. And Bio always said, Mommy, it's because of you. Both your boys feel that way. I mean, I, I don't know if Matthew does, but now, I mean, I know he does now, but yeah, I know that. Yeah, it's because of you. That, you made that, us that. read the New York Times, Mommy. This is your review, not mine. They also watched you. They did. They watched you. They did. And that's what I want to tell single parents. You are modeling for your children. You don't have to say anything. They're watching you. Many people have asked me, what? You're single? You didn't get married? You didn't get into another relationship? No, I was like a thoroughbred. I had to, you know, I had the blinders on. Still like a thoroughbred. (laughs) Yeah, because I didn't want my children to see my head all jacked up. You know, relationships are very difficult. I was the captain of the ship. I didn't want them to see the captain have to jump overboard. I was their strength. That's why I just kept on going forward. Incredible. And now 
Are you teaching fitness for other people? Or yes, are you just inspiring? yes, 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 yes. Inspiring yes. I fitness. have an online fitness business. Can you share about that? Which, by the way, again, is how I found you because there are... How many women do you think in their 70s are doing online fitness? I know. Like three? For real, for <laughs> Seriously, fitness. how many? I don't... Do any of your friends? No. No. My friends... But again, this is my passion. Because it's so needed. Again, I told you earlier before the interview, I see what's happening in our country. I see what happened to my aunts, my uncles, my father. Why do you think you paid attention and it seems as if the majority of young ladies your age missed that? It, it seems as if you saw it, executed on it, saw where things go, right? We see what happens with a diabetic uh, parent with Alzheimer's, but you really put a... Maybe because they didn't see their mother inject mm. themselves with insulin twice a day. Maybe they didn't see their father have open heart surgery. Mm. And then after my father had the open heart surgery, the doctor, his doctor tells him, oh, you can go back to eating whatever you want. You want heavy cream? You want butter? You want this? You want, you want all of those things that caused heart disease in the first place? You can go back to it. So bells started going off in my head. Mm. Something is not right here. Mm. And even today, I'm sure you realize that. People who are 45 years mm -hmm. old in America, they have two chronic diseases. It's insanity. It's insanity. And, you know, it's interesting because I'm sure you see that there's a lot of distraction now. More distraction than ever before. More distraction and than it ever before. takes them away from being able to execute. Yes. And that's why I'm so grateful to have this interview with you. I'm so grateful that you have allowed to give me this platform because I want to preach. Invest in yourself. Yes, ma'am. That's the best thing that you can do. Don't invest in Gucci bags. I mean, that's cool. Yeah, I can, like and, a Gucci. Hey, anyone wants to send me a Gucci bag, I will, For I will real. go right ahead. I like Gucci. I like Burberry. I like but it. But you're right. But you're right. Invest in your health. Do you ever miss a workout? Never. I knew you were going to say I that. have to. I have to work out. It's my morning coffee. That's the way my brain starts waking up in the morning. If I don't work out, I'm, I'm sluggish. Mm. I got to do it. It's, it's, it, it, it's, the, it's the secret push -ups, of... Push-ups. You do push-ups. Push-ups. Yeah. Dips. Run, uh, jump rope. I do it. Lift weights. I do it. And you feel like a million dollars after mm. you do it. Those endorphins, you can't be, they're better than a glass of wine. The endorphins. How did you start your online fitness business? which we are going to include all the tags. We're going to send it Thank out you. so everyone can find you because, you know, I get a lot of questions of um, individuals that are in their 60s and they're saying, well, what should I do? How do I start? When right. do I start? Right. I think the message is start as early as you can. Absolutely. But still 
Look at you. You can maintain fitness. You can maintain no matter what. You can maintain and you can reverse the aging process. I was telling my nephew Scott Bernhardt when we did this interview that I was I, I just got the most sweetest compliment. I was waiting for the bus one day, and this young man comes up to me. He could not have been any older than thirty-eight, mm. and he started hitting on me. <laughs> And I said to him, young man, do you realize I'm, I'm old enough to be your mother or your grandmother? He said, get the F out of here. <laughs> he couldn't believe my age. And what a wonderful compliment. What, would you, what advice would you give someone who is starting fitness, who is who are the majority of the individuals that are looking for your fitness program, how old are they? 50s, they're in their 50s and their 60s. And are they just starting? They're just starting. Many have started and stopped, started and stopped, started and stopped. What advice would you give? What is the top three pieces of advice that you would give? The top three pieces of advice that I give is, number one, as I said earlier, invest in yourself. You're worth it. Mm. You are the one behind the driver's wheel. Nobody else, nobody else is controlling that right hand to put food in your mouth. You are mm. doing it. So invest in yourself. That's number one. Number two, drink plenty and plenty and plenty of water. Number three, I don't care if you're 200, 300, even 400 pounds overweight, just put the sneakers out in the morning. Just do it. And just start a habit. Mm. It's a wonderful habit that will serve you very, very well in the long run. Discipline as well. Discipline, discipline, consistency. I mean, you met my granddaughter. She was going to be two years old in October. My plan is to wear my stilettos at her wedding. <laughs> my Incredible. Plan, why yeah, not? Why not? To dance at her wedding, to do the electric slide at her wedding. That's the way it was with my boys. You know, uh, after their father died, I sat down and I had a conversation with myself. I said, look, we're going to have to have a plan. Mm. So let's have this plan. You know, my parents, again, they were the master parents. So they always gave me rope and they knew when to pull that rope in. And that's the way I did with my, ch I knew when you got to be home at a certain time. So going back to fitness, Make a plan for yourself. Or hire someone who makes the plan. Yes. Yeah. And who can do the meal plan for you. And who will be on your case. Yeah. Like a Navy SEAL <laughs> sergeant. I'll be on your case. If you are committed, tough love. I will be committed to you. A lot of tough love. A lot of tough love. And I have... One client, her name is Lynn. I'm not going to tell Lynn's last name. I am sorry, Lynn. You're in the doghouse. I know she's in the good house. Mm -hmm. Lynn, she came to me. I think Lynn was at 238 mm -hmm. pounds, and Lynn has rheumatoid arthritis. Yeah. And as of this day, Lynn has lost 35 pounds Incredible. with me. Incredible. She keeps on going. And that's what I want to tell your audience. It doesn't matter how big you are. Just start. Just start. And be consistent. And be consistent. And be disciplined with yourself. Mm. And invest.
in yourself. We used to have this store in New York. It was called Sims. And their motto was, an educated consumer is our best consumer. And educate yourself. Don't be a zombie and go to the fast food joints. Don't be a zombie. Think about the food that you're putting in your body and what it's doing to be your body. Be very conscientious. Yes, because your body will whisper to you. Well, it will whisper at first. It'll whisper at first, but then the whisper gets louder and louder and louder. Do you prefer strength training to cardiovascular activity? And what would she prefer? Strength training. You do? Yeah. In the beginning, in the beginning, I love cardio you training. Did. I did. Everybody does. I did. Probably because it's easy and it's fun. It's easy, it's you fun, don't have to it's think quick. about it. Yep. Okay. Resistance training. I love resistance love because I see the results that it gives you. <laughs> the beach is that way. <laughs> um, how many days? Are you training in terms of resistance exercise? What Can you share a little bit about your program? Do you change up your personal program for yourself? Yeah, I change up my personal program. I can, you know, first part of the week, upper body, lower part of the week, lower body, you know, uh, resistant training, heavy, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And that's, you know, it's interesting. Um, a lot of more mature individuals, like how I said that? Yes. Thank you. Uh, prefer to do lighter weights, which is actually totally fine as long as they're getting the stimulus. Right. But you prefer heavier weights and probably because you've always been doing it. Right. You right. haven't gone through the period of inactivity. No. Um, no. So it allows you to do no. that. Right. And I go to, most most cases, I'll go to exhaustion to the when the muscles can't go any Which further. is actually what the, the research would show. Mm. Whether okay. you are going heavy or light, you do have to go to Exhaustion. Exhaustion. Mm -hmm. And sadly, many uh, people in my age group, they are afraid to set, to start a program because they fear that, oh, I'm going to break something. I'm going to injure I something. Agree. No, you won't, especially if you have the right trainer. <laughs> and, you know, it ends up being really important because it doesn't get easier. It doesn't. Would you say that you've seen, has your muscle changed at all? Has it been more difficult to maintain or? No, no. not at all. Because you've been so consistent for so long. Yes. For yes. so long. Part of listening to people is over a period of time, you get to see the archetype of the individual who sits in front of you. Mm -hmm. And that struck me so much about you is that there's a certain level of fortitude that's incredibly unusual. And a certain level of articulation and grace and not everybody loses everything. You understand that? Not, there are people that go through challenges and physical challenges, but not everybody loses everything all at once. And the people that do, um, many of them struggle for a lifetime because it's not easy, right? And you're talking about the things that are closest to your heart and to lose everything, to be the woman that you are, to have the children that you do, to be sitting here in this way as yourself, 
that is one in a multiple million and it is not lost on me or anybody else who sees you. All I did was just put one foot in front of the other. That's all. And the credit goes to my parents. They've raised me, my grandmother. But first of all, my God, they taught me. And it goes to you. So you're not able to skate on that one. <laughs> I'm oh, sorry. You are not able to skate on that one. Thank you, Dr. G. Um, any last piece or pieces of advice that you wish someone had told you? You know, it's very funny that you asked me that because if if I had looked into a ball, a crystal ball, and I would have seen my life and what was ahead of me, I would go right back into the wound. <laughs> I would say, oh, I'm no, coming back in. I'm coming back in because yeah. God knows I, I, I can't do with it. I can't do this. But you never realize the strength that you have until you go through the fire. Mm. The fire makes you stronger. Might scorch off all your skin. <laughs> it, it might just do that. But, but you'll you, go through it. For real. You, you'll, you'll go through it. And why will you go through it? Because you are divine. You have divinity in you. You are God. You're part of God. So you can do it. Second, for parents, know your children's friends. That's number one. Number two, even when Remy went and lost his mind, mm -hmm. the lessons that I had taught him were in the back of his mind. So he had to. Yeah, I can see that being true. Right, right, right. right. In everything that, you know, you've experienced and done, there's a lot of humility there. And I think that the humility makes it really powerful. It's not, you're not like, oh, I did, I did this, I did this. It's. The more powerful the person, it's such a pretentious world that we're living the in. The more right humble now. they are. Ooh. The more powerful the person, the more humble they That's are. That's a good word right yeah, there. It's true. And my goal with this podcast is to bring transparent conversations forward and to bring conversations that really open people's minds. Because we need it. I was just yeah. listening to something on IG yeah. where it was saying that most millennials are getting their information from podcasts. That's true. That's true. And I didn't realize that. That's true. And why not? Because they can't get it from television. And that's why I, you know, wanted to have these conversations. And I really want to provide transparency for people. It's needed. And... How are we going to have these deeper conversations if there's so much distraction and so much noise and everything is this quick clip to that's not soulful and not meaningful? That's How are we going to learn? You know, I think part of humanity is, is we come together and we teach each other. Absolutely. Like I said earlier, part of humanity is to encourage yeah. one another. Yeah. You're not out here by yourself. Not at all. Not you know, at all. everybody has gone through struggles and trials and tribulations. Yeah, it's true. And if I did it, there's nothing special about me. You can do it. The, you want to hear something funny? Tell me. The most special individuals 
I've ever met mm -hmm. all say the same thing. They say there's nothing it's special nothing. about me. It's really interesting. Some of the most profound individuals, um, and they will chalk it up to hard work, discipline, and other attributes. Yeah. But I would disagree. I would say there's something very special about you. Um, and thank you so much for spending time with me. My pleasure. This was fun. And sharing. You did amazing. Oh. Dr. G. And I know that everyone is going to want to know where to find you, and I'll include all that. Okay. And I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. The Dr. Gabrielle Lyon podcast and YouTube are for general information purposes only and do not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional health care services, including the giving of medical advice and no patient-doctor relationship is formed. The use of information on this podcast, YouTube, or materials linked from the podcast or YouTube is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their healthcare professional for any such conditions. This is purely for entertainment and educational purposes only.